maybe Murphy, Murphy would totally sell out everyone for some, you know, Turkish delight, which for some Turkish delight. Which, yeah, absolutely. as a kid, like I had it and like, oh, it's gross. It's okay, but like I wouldn't like sell yeah. out my family about it. I was so disappointed after watching Narnia, and it looked so Every delicious. Child. And I finally had some, and it was disgusting. Disappointing. <laughs> like that is Turkish delight. <laughs> When you were sold on it from Narnia, if, if if it were like grandma candy, like if my grandma gave it to me and was like, here, I'd be like, you know, this is actually pretty solid for something that my <laughs> grandmother would give me. But out of all the things in all the world, like, come on. Maybe it's just had a bad <laughs> version of it. Would you sell out like your whole family for Turkish Delight? Oh, I didn't say that. <laughs> okay, see? That's, that's <laughs> that good. <laughs> Uh, welcome to May We Geek Again, uh, episode 37, a little podcast about a show um, called The 100 on the CW. Uh, my name is Joe, and I'm joined by my usual fantastic co-host, Shaheen. And this week, we have a super special guest, uh, Selena Wilkin from Hypable slash Freelance, I guess. Would that be? Yes, I am Selena from Freelance. That is, <laughs> that is my title now. I like it. Hi, Selena. <laughs> Hi! Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for coming. Thank on. you for this yeah. Is awesome. This is this is gonna be great. I as can't we wait to talk about the expanse with you guys. Oh really? Do you <laughs> no, want to? I'm kidding. Oh okay. I was I got excited too. I was like, oh, no, it was actually joke. a really good episode. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> if you want to come on our season three, season four, season three uh, expanse shows uh, over the summer, we'll happily bother you with that. Yeah, no, I'm actually not kidding. I, I actually, I did start watching The Expanse and I'm excited to listen to you guys' recap shows once I get that far. So it'll be fun. Cool. Um, well, uh, this week we are going to be talking about uh, The 100, season four, episodes 10 through 12, um, the usual sort of block of three. Um, but before we get into that, um, because we have uh, a special guest, um, I, I had a couple of little tiny mini questions, if if that's all right, to uh, to spring on you. This is very exciting. I all don't right. think I've ever been interviewed before. So. <laughs> See, the tables have turned. <laughs> yes. Um, so, for those of you guys who don't know, um, Selena writes um, publishes articles uh, on Hypable on the internet um, that get retweeted and loved by the cast and crew and writers and everybody. Um, so yeah, I feel like, you know, most of our listeners are probably pretty familiar with you, uh, and your work. Um, but lately you have been teasing and torturing us with, um, you, got the first four episode screeners. So yes, obviously, five. Yes, oh my gosh. Which super jealous, but so, so be <laughs> it. Um, and so it was one of the reasons why we could not invite you on our next week episode where we talk about predictions because, that just would have been cruel um, to everyone involved. Um, But uh, is it, I just had a couple questions. Um, Is it harder like to keep stuff under wraps since you've seen the first four episodes before anything airs? Um, Or is it going to be like harder to like be quiet after each new episode airs now? Like, like, well, sorry, next week, because we're only um, (laughs) or a week and a half from now, Um, knowing what's going to happen, like in the next episode, because everything always ends on like a fucking cliffhanger. And we're like, (gasps) and are you gonna how's that feel? 
Right. Like, first of all, I cannot confirm that anything ends on a cliffhanger. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Just so that's clear. Just no, the vibe yeah. of the show has totally changed. Totally. Is it, yeah, it's a whole new show. Isn't that what they keep saying? That everything is different. Six years is a long time, etc. Um, no, but it's a good question, though, because I last year I we had I think we had three episodes at the top of the season and I actually was smart because I was new. I was still trying to do everything properly. So I actually stopped. <laughs> as opposed to now? As opposed to now where I'm just like, oh my God, the hundred. And I just like consume it all. So I actually stopped after each one and did my little sort of brief review outline before I moved on. Interesting. Um, and that might actually, without again, giving anything away, this isn't something I didn't also say in my preview article, but that also might tell you a little bit about like comparing the start of the two seasons that this season, I was like, I, I, I have to just like screw <laughs> what, it, what, screw what next, whatever. What I, <laughs> so like, yeah, so I just, I just watched it all straight through. And In even one though night? obviously, no, I, I had to go to sleep after, actually after the first one, but like I woke up and I watched the rest. Um, but that was like not of my own willing. It was just because it was so late when I started watching the first one. Because I was actually, funnily enough, I was on a podcast when they dropped. And I knew they dropped because one of the other reviewers told me. And I was like, <laughs> Did you cut it short? You're like, guys, I'm sorry. I, uh, I my wish. House is I down. wish. It was not my best work. Let's put it that way. <laughs> but, um, but no, so like right now, obviously, there's so much I can't say. And it's actually pretty easy because I know... I just can't say anything. It's going to be a little bit harder from from episode to episode, but mm-hmm. it's also just going to be really hard to write the reviews because usually a lot of what I do is like, oh, so I think that when this happens, it means that this and this and this is probably going to happen. And I like make I make so many theories, and most of them are wrong, but I'm, I try to you know predict what's going to happen next. And I can't do that now because I know what happens next. So I'm either just going to lie (laughs) (laughs) or I'm gonna have to like challenge myself to focus on the right now instead of trying to be cleverer than the show which I guess is a good exercise for me but but yeah it is a little bit difficult but I think it is going to be more difficult um I think maybe particularly after episode two it's probably going to be a little bit difficult so I, I think in reading your sort of preview article as well as Yana's preview article, um, both yeah. of you guys mentioned that season this season um, in the episodes, like everything that you thought where it was going to go, like even in just this short group, like you didn't know, like you were unable to predict. And so like it, that seems to be a little bit different from like where like I think much of the fandom came into season four and season three with like we had some pretty big um, sort of spoilers yeah, going into the season. And so like I I find it – I just found it very interesting that both of you guys said very similar things in terms of like where the writing takes you on a per-episode basis. Yeah, I think think yes and no. I mean it's not like everything that the cast and crew have been teasing – is a lie, you know, mm-hmm. it's not like this, ep- the, this season actually like has a totally different plot than you thought it was going to like, there actually is no religious. It's all, it's all one big lie. <laughs> you know, it's, it's so my not alien like that. theory though, where does that fall? Right. Right. Actually, the reason that everyone like shuts up when you start talking about that is because we're like, Oh no, she got it. 
She figured I, it out. I, I, I knew. I knew. <laughs> yeah, um, you listeners knew. to the podcast and followers of our of our you know shitty Twitter feed. Um, yeah, no, I I know that I'm right. Like this, whole, this, this is the biggest spoiler. Sorry, uh, can I say no, something? No, please. Of course. Um, this uh, <laughs> mechanic of not having to give spoilers is very interesting because like you still want to say something contentful, um, mm-hmm. but it. It's somehow there are con- there's content and then there's content. Um, like, yeah. for example, you, I was very intrigued by what you said in, in one of your reviews where you said that the characters have a more sort of determinate goal now and they know what they want. Yeah. And that's, I can sort of see how that would work. And like Clark maybe just being really focused on this one thing of like saving um Maddie, is that his, her name? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if there even is a Maddie. If, who yeah, you can. <laughs> but, so, yeah, but, like, uh, that, yeah. Is that a spoiler? Or is that just... If there is a Maddie? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 see, I see what you mean. I think that, like, it... And that's what I kind of mean when I say it's not that it is not... Um. It's not that everything is like a, a surprise in in that way, you know. It's it I, it still feels very much like the hundred. It just feels more focused. Okay, is, is I think also what Yana, without speaking for her, of course, this is also I think what she's implying. It's that it's not that we don't know anything about the season, but I think one thing that I know that I am sometimes a little bit guilty of and this is funny because everyone is like oh selena she just loves the hundred she just <laughs> only says positive things that's not true at all like these people do not read my reviews right anyway, like i feel um, like you uh, and like i feel like this fandom sort of invites criticism like it's almost mm-hmm. like if you don't criticize it in some experience. way it's yeah. kind of like are you even a fan like <laughs> right are you paying attention you know yeah there's so much going on and 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 it's all open for debate and critical examination um, and I think the writers welcome that. And that is the thing that I really like is that it seems like this season, the writers are incorporating fandom, not even discourse, you know, it's mm-hmm. not like it's like a hint, hint, wink, wink all the time, but there is a sense that they are doing this with us. Like as someone who approaches the show the way I do, I'm really positively surprised by the way they've approached the season, what they've layered into things, what how they are choosing to um, explore dynamics and plot developments and nuances and stuff like that. And I feel like uh, not that because I've, I've talked a lot about season four and I have a lot of love for season four, but I think like necess- for a lot of reasons, it did sort of the pace changed a little bit, the... Um, some of the parallels and stuff was a little bit heavy handed, which I also think it's hard. It's a really hard balance because when it's not heavy handed, people feel like it's too, um, like it's too vague. And then when it's too heavy handed, people complain. So it's like, it's, it's, it's not easy, but I think they found a really good balance this season. And I feel challenged and, um, appreciated as a viewer in a way that I think, I think caught me off guard and it's not that I don't feel like the writers can do it because I have so much respect for what they do, but the intricacy of everything and the way they've thought everything through was maybe something that I did not quite expect. Like again, the, the point of it feeling like prime fire, the episode is, and, and it was Lauren Sarner who said that originally on Twitter 
And I think that rings so true. That's, and that, like, for so many reasons, that episode reminds me of season five. That's, I mean, first of all, that's an amazing way to sort of describe it. And, like, definitely, like, this is a show that it almost seems like the writers are, it's almost, and this is not the last time I will ever compare this to Harry Potter, but, like, if, you, like, reading the old Harry Potter books, like, <laughs> they grew in sort of complexity with with children as they grew. Like, I was much older. I was right. in college when I read them. But, like, you could still see from, like, book one to book, like, four or five, like, this sort of, like, growing with your audience. And in some ways, we were kind of, I guess, growing with sort of the audience that has stuck with them and who kind of you whittled them down to the people who would kind of appreciate that, but, like, also bring in right. new people yeah. through that. Now, going from that and from sort of, like, the vibe that you're talking about in season four – or, sorry, season five um, – would you want more or less episodes than the four that they gave you? Oh my God. I mean, <laughs> I mean, obviously like the knee jerk is I want all of it, but like as a reviewer, like, you know, it becomes difficult as you mentioned to like uh -huh. sort of deal with that. So would you prefer, do you have like, no, is four yeah, perfect? I, I, that's a good question. I mean, I guess um, the first four episodes give you a really good sense of what the season's going to be. So I think it was a good number of episodes to give us. And I think it also makes sense that they gave us four episodes. Like it, it feels right. I wouldn't say I would like, like maybe like just one more episode. <laughs> but I, I, I'm glad that I have this amount also because it, it quickly becomes too much. Like there's so much, I said this in my review as well. There's so much, or my preview, there's so much to digest. And I'm glad that I get to sit with this for a little bit. Okay. So in, in terms of sitting with this and then, and then we'll get to the episode, I just have, you know, one last, well, I guess it's a, it's a several part <laughs> question. Um, and since spoiler police are watching, listening, I don't know, looking at right, us through they're our webcams. Why are me right now? Yeah. No, Shahin <laughs> is actually the spoiler right police. right behind me. <laughs> he has been a mole the whole time. Right, Shaheen? Yes. Yeah. Double agent. Yeah. Shaheen actually is Aaron. That's the <laughs> That's it's it's been yeah no i've suspected it a long time that and the aliens um so for each of the first four episodes describe like i i want i want three words one color and a food okay okay um not to put you on the spot and like but I, but to actually fully put you on the spot Right. This shows that I did not read the doc beforehand. So there you go. I have no idea. Um, the words might be a little bit too tricky. I might have to bow out of that one. Okay. Okay. But Can I'll we do get the a color ones. and a food? Of course. Yes. Perfect. Um, so for Eden, I would say, well, green. Okay. Seems stupid, but actually <laughs> hey, green. It's, it's, it's your answer. <laughs> it's my stupid answer and I'm owning it. <laughs> And for Red Queen, I would say, I don't want to say red. Yeah. That's so stupid. I'm going to think of another one. I'm going to say. Perhaps a maroon. Um, yeah. Crimson. I'm going to say. <laughs> crimson. <laughs> black. Um, I am going to say. Yeah, I'm going to say brown. Brown for, for Red Queen? For Red Queen, okay. yeah. And for the third one, I am going to – what was that one called again? Sleeping Giants. I am going to say um, blue. Blue, okay. And for the fourth one, I'm going to say red. Okay. And that one is called Pandora's Box. Yeah. Can, right. Will you give us a food or is that 
Oh, right. Is yes. that so, too Eden, much of a spoiler? Um, oh my gosh. I could give a really, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, uh, I, for Eden, I'm going to say, um, um, salad, meat, meat. Oh. No, I'm going to say meat. Yeah. For, um, red queen, I'm going to say, I mean, is people the um, obvious choice? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> foot meat no um i'm gonna say apple apple okay and for sleeping giants i am going to say bread bread okay yeah what and kind of bread? for the fourth one um just like toast uh, uh yeah White toasted bread. White toast. Okay. With butter on it. Ooh. And um, <laughs> well, then. for the fourth one, I'm going to say corn on a cob. That is, I'm really excited about the one. That I, think, I think that that one, like color red and corn on the cob. Like I, I don't <laughs> yeah. know where my mind is going with that, but do you that have sounds this fantastic. Thing, do, do either of you have this thing where you associate colors with certain words like what like what or letters mm -hmm. like i don't know i just have this thing for me like the le uh the letter c is always sort of greenish yellow um oh yeah yeah no i totally see the letter it. Yeah, d is kind of red ish brown or blackish i don't know different letters have colors sometimes or numbers I didn't know this like was a thing. two is blue three is yellow i don't know why mm -hmm. yeah. yeah for me two is yellow but yeah i, I know what you mean. <laughs> i have that sometimes too huh. well okay well cool. you know two weirdos joe i hey look at me i've got a, not just one but two like i you know backup yeah. an air and a cool spare. Kid. um I guess I guess we should probably uh, start talking about the episodes um, now that we have spoiled the entire fucking fifth season of this show. I know I cannot believe I said corn on the cob. I know, like, this I know. Is, like I'm gonna get to this. Just gonna... I'm actually looking forward to the to the moment in the episode where I know why you picked that. And if <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not even sure why I picked that. Like, <laughs> cool, cool. Um, well, this episode. Uh, we will actually be discussing season four, episode 10, uh, Die All, Die Merrily, written by Aaron Ginsberg and Wade McIntyre, who are actually going to be doing a writing panel uh, at Congeta this summer. Um, so that that should be super cool. Um, so, excited. so excited. Not for the writing panel, because it's too expensive. I'm definitely oh. not going to be able to do that. But I'm yeah. so excited they're going to be there. Yeah, like it'll be a fun, <laughs> like they're going to do a regular panel as well. And uh, yeah. costume department um, is going to be there as well. So it should be pretty cool. Um, episode 411, The Other Side, written by the Benson sisters, Julia and Shauna. Um, episode 12, The Chosen, written also by Aaron Ginsberg and Wade McIntyre. Um so yeah, getting into these episodes, guys. Um, what were your overall takes, uh, Shaheen? Um, sorry, what's up with the highlights? Did you highlight some stuff? Oh, that's that's to remind me to like I'm trying to be a better moderator uh -huh. and like call out and like actually read through the run sheet before we start the show, and so I'm not just like reading live. Uh -huh. um, we'll see how this goes. Like it might just not even help at all, and it'll still be terrible. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Dio is starting to bite me. By the way, I mean, I mean, she's trying to eat the the headphone, 
And yeah, I don't know, but I'll, I'll try Welcome to. Welcome to having a cat. Huh? Yeah. Welcome to have. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. She moved on for now. I love that you're still surprised by this. <laughs> I'm not surprised. I was just letting you know because you asked me what my overall take was. I was got. I was like, I might get bitten in the middle of this. So, um. <laughs> yeah. So, um. Oh yeah, I like the way the the pieces of the season come together in these episodes. I mean, this is something the hundred always does and um, does well, where you know you all you get all these different Chekhov guns or whatever you want to call them along the way, and you're like, oh okay, that might be just like a cool thing we saw in that episode, but then it becomes a thing later, uh, becomes a pretty important pivotal thing. Sometimes you know, like the the bracelet in in season three. Um, and stuff like that. In this season, we had, you know, the Black Rain became important in the Conclave. You know, there was the Nightblood became important. All of, all of the stuff that became relevant later, uh, the uh, spaceship that Raven found, none of it went to it, waste. It felt a lot more, mm. it, to me, more breadcrummy than previous seasons. Uh-huh. Um like yeah it it was very sort of layered in there but i think i did like how they ended up using it cuz i think that i disregarding the fact that the, there were those leaks floating mm-hmm. around that like were unavoidable pretty much so we all kind of had an idea i think they they, they the way they ended up using them was unexpected enough that it didn't bother me too much that everything had been set up earlier you know yeah yeah i it, yeah, no, definitely. Um, because, you know, we kind of, we knew it was going to happen, but like in some ways we didn't know. I, I feel like- We didn't know how, we didn't know who. Yeah. yeah. Like it was like, well, this is going to happen. But then I think it was also getting to see um, Clark, getting to see that time jump um, and sort of, you know, I, I don't think, I definitely didn't expect to get that sort of at the very end. And I feel like that was even more of like a whoa. Um you know, to, to see kind of that jump that we get and what that all led to. Because, yeah, we had no context oh for God, all yeah. of those leaks. And then you're just kind of like, oh, shit, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. And you didn't know who, you didn't know how. Like, I feel like they – that was something I noticed when I was rewatching it this time was that that bunker that they kept talking about, like, that was kind of a, an interesting red herring because – and it would have worked even better, of, obviously, if we hadn't had that leak. But in The Chosen – People kept talking about going to that bunker, you know, Echo wanted it, Murphy wanted mm-hmm. it, Amori wanted it. Like Clark didn't obviously didn't want it, but there was also like maybe a sense that maybe she could go, like maybe Raven could go. Like there were all these different ways. Maybe they could all go. Mm-hmm. Like maybe that was how they would survive. They would all be stuck in this tiny bunker. And then like that actually ended up like not meaning anything in season four. Yeah, and like looking, like hearing from the cast and stuff, like you actually didn't want to be in that fucking bunker. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, I mean the tiny bunker, oh, you know, the one on the island, yeah, Becca's yeah, Island, yeah. that they kept talking about that didn't end up meaning anything at all. But, you know, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, I, I, Totally, totally. Unless that's where Rowan is. <laughs> in Rowan which and, case. And Helios worth and it. <laughs> maybe. I'm, Daddy I'm Miller, of the mentality. Yeah. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. They survived. Rowan and Helios are now a centaur. Of course. Yeah. Radiation. Conf- yeah. yeah like, sense. I want weird three eyed, like, fish people. Like, I don't see why Rowan couldn't be a centaur. And, like, mm-hmm. 
maybe <laughs> roaming around Eden. Like that seems like a thing that would happen. Sure. Yeah. No, it's great. Um, Speaking of what about which, you, Selena? Oh yes. I no, was going to say I, I do have issues with the believability of some of the stuff um, in terms of like the stakes. Yeah. Um, and we can talk about that later, but I feel like the show used to be when there was some crisis or something, or someone was in danger, it used to be much more believable that something bad might actually happen to them. Whereas now it seems like we're kind of pretty confident that like everything's gonna like, yeah, that nothing's gonna happen to the the main characters, you know? We know who's safe, so basically. So Jasper wasn't yeah. enough of a stake. Well, we'll yeah, I mean, unless you, you count Jasper, I mean, yeah. We'll talk about that more later. It's easy to forget, like, or discount Jasper because, in a way, he was always living on borrowed time since season three, you know? Like, it. He, yeah. I, mean, I know he <laughs> died. I always, like, I keep thinking of him as a season three death, even yeah. though he died in season four, just because of how it Because he was just kind of haunting so, everyone in season right. four. <laughs> Right, he was already dead in season four, in a way. Yeah, I Deep. mean, even at least Harper could have, <laughs> yeah. And and Raven, yeah, no, I mean, we'll I, get to uh, that, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, obviously Raven was not going to die, like, in that moment. Like, I was nervous, but I also knew that, like, obviously Raven, Raven's not going to die. Like, they're not going to, like, let Raven, like, die alone in a bathtub. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, maybe. yeah, maybe we'll talk we'll more get to about it. it. Yeah. Um, and then Selena, what about your takes over, over this little chunk of episodes before we get deep dive into them? Yeah. Well, as I kind of tried to, to write in the, in the um, doc, um, I die, die all die merrily. I think that episode was released as a screener, like maybe one or two days before it aired. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Or maybe just even one day, there was one episode that came like really soon and I, Remember, Wait, do you guys see those... them? You get to you get them a, like a day or two before that they air normally, or do you? No, I, I don't remember when the others came, but there was one that came like just like maybe even the same day. I just remember it coming really late, and I think it was Die Old Die Merrily. Uh, don't quote me on that. Like I'm just I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's the one it was. Okay, um, but I remember having to because as soon as there was like a, I think there was a couple of episodes we didn't get screeners for last year, but they were pretty pretty free with them in terms of like releasing most of them so as soon as it was there I was like okay well I have to watch it and, and like write my review really fast and I watched it and I remember just having such a problem with the Clark ending and Luna's uh turn like I just for some reason it did not click with me and I think there was like a bigger story issue for me with Luna mm-hmm. that it took me a couple of, of views to sort of I don't know why, but I just, it didn't click with me, like why she turned. So that was annoying to me. And then I didn't like, because I was annoyed with it. I was like, why is Clark taking her so seriously? Like, why is she jumping to this huge thing and like doing all this stupid thing? <laughs> like so mad. Yeah, I mean, when we talked about that, <laughs> so that episode like, before yeah. we, we went, we talked extensively about Luna and I think we're going to do that again today. But uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Luna's turn is a, no, is yeah, a hot something topic. about Luna never really clicked with me. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, so I had like a I had a really hard time with this episode because everyone was hyping it up so much and I knew it was like the big one and I did appreciate I do appreciate it. I want to say I love this episode, but just I had to like work through my 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 anger. <laughs> just something that oh, didn't happen too much. I know it was really strange, but it was a very evocative episode, you know. Um 
but I do, I do love it. And I think that considering Octavia's arc in season four was another thing that I think was hard to piece through. Like it was very muddy and I think intentionally muddy, but I do really, really appreciate the way that they did it and dialed I Merrily. I think that they, they came to an interesting place with her that I think is very realistic from considering what she'd been through um, in terms of her making peace with, with Lincoln, stuff mm-hmm. like that, like we'll talk about. Um, and then, I mean, the other side is, is one that is, is hard to talk about because of Jasper and stuff, but, but I really do like it a lot. And, um, and then the chosen is one of my absolute favorite episodes. I, I love the chosen. I will, I will fight. I will fight in the conclave for the chosen. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm like curious, like I, I'm actually excited to get into the chosen because it's, yeah. I, you know, it kind of makes you think, I mean, whatever this show always makes you think like which side I would decide on and like, which, what would be my emotional reaction to that? And uh, yeah, like the moments when you're like, yeah, no, Jaha has a point. And you're kind of like, oh. Right. Well, is- you know how much I love Jaha. So like, that's really, like, that's one of the reasons I like this episode. Oh, yeah. Because we were <laughs> kind of like, like, okay, don't be so fucked up about yeah. it. Like, this was the right choice, but I'm a terrible person. Well, so. Well, yeah, no, I mean, it was, but anyway, we'll get to that. But like, I just, I think it's so funny that like, Die All Die Merrily, obviously it's a fantastic episode. Mm-hmm. It's the one that I think you can show non-fans to show them. And be this, like, this the is scope cool of shit. This. Yeah, yeah, like this is really cool. The set is amazing. Polis in this episode is just I I adore that set. I adore the the um momentum of it all. I adore I adore how much it it means. I think the fight scenes are spectacular. Um but just for me personally cuz those those are both Wade and Aaron's episodes that the chosen is just an episode that for me I feel like is more special. And it's totally different pace and it's a totally different thing going on. But it's for I don't know I just I I of the two I would pick the chosen every time and that's not to say something bad about die old primarily I just think it's because usually I think it would be the other way around you know well it's 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 kind of um, like empty calories not empty calories but like a little bit like of a, like a junkier sort of satisfying episode where like yeah we want to see like fighting and blood and cool shit and like you know some good dynamics and stuff like again to not take anything away from dial primarily but you know and especially like it is a it was a great episode for octavia um you know it was an interesting episode you know for other characters we got some good echo stuff in there um but you know it, it did have like kind of some bigger character problems you know we'll get into talking about luna and stuff whereas you know the chosen is definitely i think for more of not to be gatekeeping about it but like more of a fan of the show versus like you yeah. said you could show dial to to anyone you know and it would be entertaining and engaging versus you know this other one where you're kind of like yeah i kind of get this moral quandary but i don't really understand it because i don't really understand why these characters are so torn because i don't know them right like dial dimarily is kind of like peak action and the chosen is like peak character yeah and exactly. i think yeah right um, well, cool. So, like, maybe we can get into 410 um, as as we kind of have a lot to say about Octavia and Luna, especially, because um, I think that those are probably, you know, sort of big ones. Um, Shaheen, would you like to talk about your game theory first or would you prefer if we start with Luna or are they related to both of them? Um, I would venture to guess that they're pretty separate, but uh, I don't know. What do you think? I'm pretty excited about the game theory stuff. I mean, this whole episode is a conclave, right? So maybe maybe we'll just start with that. Okay. 
yeah, let's learn learn us something new. I'm excited. I mean, to I, know, learn I just something learned new. this. I mean, <laughs> I, I know a little bit of the vocabulary that game theorists use, but uh, I know what the basic idea is supposed to be. But I don't know really anything in depth about game theory. So I called up a friend of mine and I asked him, um, "Imagine you have a game where you can have multiple players and." Each player can make one of three moves. You can either attack, or you can hide, or you can team up. You can offer a coalition with another player. And um, then, you know, you have to define these more carefully. So if you when you attack, there is a certain probability that you'll kill, and there is a certain probability that you'll die. Um, and when you hide, that means the probability of you being attacked will get lowered but uh you still might get attacked probably uh and then you know for offering a coalition there's a chance that the other person betrays you right so mm-hmm. and then the, the ultimate game of the goal is to be the last person so if ever, uh, the, the goal is to be um to ma- make sure everyone else dies and you're the last person sure did he did he ever ask what like I know that you said that he wasn't a fan of the show like before we right. got started but like did he ever ask and he was like oh I would watch the show or like he was just like cool we're done talking <laughs> peace. Um well <laughs> I think that he kind of forbids all sorts of these sorts of rabbit holes for himself like he he doesn't watch YouTube he you know he doesn't go on any social media um he doesn't watch TV um and yeah so he kind of. This seems like kind of a uh, shitty burden. Like you can't enjoy things anymore because all you see is the game theory. Um, I don't know. <laughs> all there is. All that's the all game. There is. <laughs> it's all a game. Yeah. Um, okay, sorry to interrupt. I no. just had to. I, I'm curious about about your friend, but continue. Yeah, no, I mean there um, there are people worse than me. If if that's what you're wondering. <laughs> um. Yeah. So no, more. <laughs> No. So yeah. Um, Sorry. Go ahead. No. I, I then he asked me a couple other questions. So one question is, uh, first of all, like we can assume for simplicity that everyone has equal chance of killing or dying. So let's say it's fifty-fifty every time you attack. You can make the game more complicated if you assume people have different powers, which is more realistic. Um, and let's also assume uh, we can talk about whether this was true in the conclave or not. That every person is a utility maximizer, meaning that everyone seeks to um, do the thing that uh, maximizes their chances uh, of winning at the end. So they're all rational uh, players who don't make uh, moves just for the sake of cooperation or just for the sake of trust or, or whatever, right? This is maybe a little unrealistic given Octavian, Ilian, or, you know, uh, even Roan and some of the other characters, you know, um, because they had some con- sort of connection. But let's assume that ultimately they don't form coalitions unless they um, think that it maximizes their chance of winning. And so nobody's nice. Yeah, <laughs> there there is no like niceness. Yeah, or there's no or, or meanness. They, there's no there's no morality in it. Well, the only thing that matters to them, in other words, is winning the game and they do what maximizes the chance of doing that. And by and large, I think it's a good assumption, right? About, about where, the conclave. Where does echo figure into this then? Oh, the echo is not even, 
Well, she's not playing. No. Don't but like in terms of like it. Rowan, like refusing her help, like that. Yeah. Well, that would kind of go against him wanting to win, though, right? Or never mind. I'm sorry. I'm getting that, off track. That I'm sorry, amounts continue. to changing the rules of the game, and then your whole theorem breaks down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we'll leave Echo out of this. This is continue. mathematics, so everything has to be my bad. Yeah. Um, and then, so that's one assumption: is that everyone is a utility maximizer. And then the other assumption that he asked me about is: do they know about what other people's strategy is? Um, so this is uh, the knowledge question. And let's say, let's assume for simplicity that they all have full knowledge. They have perfect knowledge of the other player's uh, strategy because they think that the other players are also trying to maximize their utility, right? Okay. Uh, and, and yeah, and so given these conditions and given that there is a finite number of moves that you can make, he said that there is a theorem that proves that this game has a Nash equilibrium. And what the Nash equilibrium is, is uh, a situation where the players are making a combination of moves such that it's in no one's interest to make a different move, to change the move that they're making. And so whenever you reach that, it might be the same move or it might be a different move. So, for example, in, in traffic, uh, sort of like if everyone is being lawful and driving well, it's kind of in your interest to also drive well. And, you know, it's in nobody's interest to drive poorly not in the interest of the driver and not in the interest of other people. But if everyone is kind of driving like crazy, then it becomes in your interest also to drive like crazy. Because otherwise, like if you're driving in Tehran, for example, you'll never get to your destination um, unless you also drive like crazy. So then, you know, the Nash equilibrium there is everyone. So in that case, it's everyone making the same move. But there could be Nash equilibria where people make different moves, but no one is incentivized to change their move. And so that means that you can get in the conclave, you can get to a situation where um, no one can do any better than that. But what is what is any better? Like, is it possible to like, is that saying that in order for one person to win, everything has to line up in this equation? Because there's no way that they could do better than winning, right? Like one person, like the order in which they like kill everyone or something like that. Like, does that well, change yeah, the I equation? Mean, it means that um, it means that whether or not you win is purely chance at that point. So if you can't do better than that, that means that, that well, you can still, you might still win, but it will be up to chance. So for example, if you're, if you imagine like a penalty goal, you can shoot left or shoot right. And the goalie can, can jump left or jump right. And the best strategy is to do that 50% of the time, do each 50% of the time. You can prove this. Um, but that you can still win the penalty. Uh, it's just that it's purely chance. There's no your strategy is not. So there's there's a maximum best yeah. possible, and after that, like it's a crapshoot. Yeah, and so that that means that there is a winning that the existence of Nash equilibrium also means that there is a winning strategy for each player. They can figure out what is the best thing they can do. Uh, but he said that this is a fairly complicated game and you might need to simulate it with a computer. Um, it's kind of like uh, checkers or go or chess where we know there is a winning strategy, but it's not easy to sit down and prove it on a piece of paper. So, but there, there is the best thing to do. And, uh, you know, of all the things that people were suggesting, hide, make coalitions with others and stuff like that. There is something that's the best move, but um, they were just pulling stuff out of their asses. 
this is this is actually a mathematical issue. Do we think that and and do we think that the writers know about this? Went with the math, <laughs> or or went with the went went with That's the a good shit show. If there's a like a computer scientist in our listeners, maybe you can code this up. See what <laughs> solve this game for us. Based on based on character, do we think that Octavia like made all of sort of in character correct choices? Up till up until the end. <laughs> up until the oh, interesting. I'm I'm interested to hear that. I think that I was I remember when I first watched it, I was a little bit uh turned um like turned off by how quickly she went with hiding, considering that she has spent so long training to be a warrior. And she came for the war. I found it interesting that she was so quick to basically change her entire strategy because she said even at in the, her final speech that she was there, she thought she was there for herself. And then it was only like as she went along that she realized that wasn't true. But I do think like on the whole, it made sense for her. Like the strategy was a smart strategy. And I think that was one of the reasons that she and... uh and Luna were able to get so far because they were maybe the two, the only two, maybe Rowan as well, but they were like the only two characters who were not actually warriors, you know? Mm -hmm. Like when you look at like everyone else, like all the red shirt uh, champions, like they were like legitimately just the best warrior. And the characters that made it to the end were the ones that were able to think beyond just being a warrior, you know, they were able to like kind of funny because that kind of goes against, I guess they went against the, the game theory that you just described Shaheen, because they were able to look beyond the set boundaries. Uh-huh. I mean, it's, I don't know if that's, it's interesting. If that's the, the turn in Octavia's attitude kind of reflect, um, represents her becoming a utility maximizer. She went there she thought she went there to fight, and then she was like, "Oh wait, no, I just want to win." Um, right. Actually, fighting is not the best way to win. That's the, that's, that's the conclusion that she came to. I mean, I don't. Again, there's I don't know what the the proof says, but um, but she thought, yeah, the best strategy is not to fight but to hide, and so that's yeah, that's an interesting shift. Yeah, like I'm not I'm not a warrior. I am Octavia. Like I am not here to, um, to fulfill the black and white role that the rules of the game had actually set for me, and in some ways I would say Luna and Rowan fit this as well, and Ilian for that matter, because like Luna was not there, like she was there to fight. Obviously, she was literally like playing the game, but she had her own like very different agenda. And Rowan, ha- his agenda, like secondary agenda, was I guess, um honor right like that was he was not willing to win at any cost like you kind of said that echo like him choosing not to let echo help him represented him not wanting to change the rules of the game but in a way it also um made him like like up to his ability in one sort of like little thing like if like it's like one of those like bar graphs of like pick your characters you know strengths or whatever (laughs) like gave him like a plus two (laughs) gave him a little notch in the other direction yeah no like i yeah no but he he kind of like chose to like he he didn't want to win at any cost 
you know, that, that yeah. kind of proves, but I, I guess. Was it, was it the fear though of being caught? Because that was at least what he sort of justified to, to, to echo about it was like, if we get caught, like we're fucked. Like, was it honor or was it sort mm. of? I feel like if they get caught, the they might get personally fucked, but their clan, I don't know what happens to the clan. They might just hold another conclave. No, I conclave. think the clan is out. Like, they might, because like, they still want to know who wins. But they might hold a, another conclave without Ice Nation? Is that- <laughs> no, I, I think what they said was that if like if either Bellamere or Echo got caught, then Ice Nation and, and Skycrew would be disqualified. Yeah. But I think if that was truly his aim, then he would like kill Echo and stuff her under a pillow <laughs> in that room. You know, Damn, like, dude. <laughs> I got but like you know, dark. like that it wasn't if that really yeah. was, he was afraid of her getting caught. He wouldn't have sent her out there again and said, Oh, I hope you don't get caught when you escape. Like, you know. Um so I think he wanted like in that moment wanted her to be responsible for her actions. I mean, he was he he they definitely gave him a lot more um sort of they, they tried to wise him up this season i feel no like one was a really good guy, right you like guys. you kind of watch this you're like oh no wonder your mom hated you like you're too nice like, like he was too good she for this was world a bitch, yeah. he has like, integrity <laughs> yeah 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 he really she did. Do, she well, didn't have much integrity Slytherin, he's gryffindor through and yeah. through like that's yeah um going back to well, octavia so, can we go back to octavia yeah, no, let's let's hang out with Octavia for a while. <laughs> um, I on second watch, I wondered if it was Indra that changed Octavia's mind. Um, that conversation between Octavia and Indra uh, was seemed to be more impactful on Octavia than I thought, because um, she said Indra gave her a little cryptic message. She said like, uh, "I taught you how to fight, but who you fight for is up to you," or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you know, is Andrew just super fucking smart? Like, yeah, I mean, that's a <laughs> yeah. signal. She's like, I'm tree crew, remember? Wink. But I, I want you to win because, and and you can want me to live, you know. So, um, I wonder if that's and and there's, you know, they the camera focuses on Octavia's face and she, you know, her eyes kind of show that uh, something happened. So I wonder if that's when she changed mm-hmm. her mind. Yeah, definitely. And and her sort of, because obviously she already had Lincoln's like tattoos on her face at that point. But I think absolutely you're right. I think that this Octavia's entire story from the very beginning has been about like identity, obviously. Mm-hmm. It has been about finding where she belongs. Like it has constantly been, well, I, I don't belong with this people now maybe I can be a grounder. Maybe that's where I belong. Maybe I'm tree crew. Maybe I am like she constructed her entire identity on being with Lincoln tree crew. Then Lincoln died and she lost all of her identity and her, she became, I'm nothing. I'm nothing. I'm no one. I belong to no one. I fight for no one. I fight for myself. Nothing matters. And then I think maybe that is the first piece of the puzzle for her is Indra being like, actually, like you are my people. Like you, I am, but, but she's not tree crew. Yeah. That's not what she's saying. She's saying, and Indra's not saying, well, I am Sky Crew right. now. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're like people. something else. Like she's just saying, it's like you are my the first part of and one crew. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like it's though it's those little bits she picks up along the way of everyone, like the literal pieces of all the clans, you know. Um, and that was the first one. That was she was going, Well, you know, it's it's not about Tree Crew and Sky Crew. It's about you and me and that we are 
people. And then she had all those other interactions she had along the way within with Ilian mm-hmm. and Rowan and Bellamy. And she kind of came to, that's how obviously she came to the realization of, of that she doesn't have to choose one thing or another, or, or it's not like she has one people or she has no people. Yeah. And that's what sort of leads her obviously to, to the conclusion. And that was, I think Indra put, I, I've been thinking a lot about that line, like think about who you're fighting for, because in a way I think it doesn't totally make sense coming from Indra because like, we know who Octavia is fighting for, but I guess if Indra recognizes that she's only fighting for herself, um, still, like, Indra couldn't know that one crew was going to happen. So so I, I maybe question that line a little bit, but I think it makes total sense in terms of setting Octavia on this path of, of constructing something new from all these scattered pieces of herself. I, I, I know that you can't say anything because, spoiler police, because Shaheen um, <laughs> is spoiler police somehow. Yes, of um, course. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to be really like, uh, that's kind of one of the things that I think they've teased a lot in terms of sort of the previews that we're getting of Octavia in season five of like, okay, so she's, she basically built her own family. She decided everyone gets to be in my family, like one, you know, a hundred from every, from every clan. Like she has made one crew, like she has built her family, but like what they're very much teasing, like, something not necessarily goes wrong, but like, I'm curious sort of, of what Indra's role is in all of that. If we like say that she and Octavia were sort of the source of the like zygote of one crew, like during, you know, sort of planting that seed or whatever. Um, And sort of like if where Indra falls in where we've seen Octavia, where we think she's about to end up kind of a thing. Um, and I know that you can't say anything, but maybe like Shaheen and yeah, I can. So interesting. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm so like, interested in that too. Part of me is like, you know, Indra, like at what point does Indra say sort of almost the way that Abby has looked at Octavia, especially um, at the beginning of this, of this season where she was like, Oh shit, Octavia's a murder baby. Like, Indra's like sort of stomach for that is probably a lot higher. Um, but I wonder. Yeah. Like Indra like pushed a, a gun into yeah. her hand in, in the chosen, you know, she's like, yeah. Indra's not fucking Indra's, around, but like, I love Indra. Does Indra yeah. go dark too? Like I'm, I'm like really like wondering about this. Cause. Did you know that Indra is a deity in Hinduism and uh, comparable to Zeus, Jupiter, Thor and those guys. Really? Yeah. Mm. I just, I just looked that up. Um, <laughs> I was uh, wondering, so we know Indra will be back for season five, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that we yeah. saw some like onset pictures like taken fairly far into the season. She was in the trailer as well. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, it's these stories. I always really like these stories of like things like Octavia and Lincoln, Octavia and Indra, Jasper and Maya, um, these stories of, um, or even, I mean, Clark and Lexa, obviously Clark and Nyla, um, stories of like sort of, uh, inter-tribal, inter-clan relationships. Um, I, I have always believed that the, the, the best way, maybe the only way to, um, get rid of prejudice and, um, and, you know, people not wanting to live together is to actually show to actually like demonstrate examples of it in life to actually have people live together and realize that you know when you go to, into people's daily lives you know we still we all 
do most of the same things. And, uh, you know, there's just these weird kinks that we have just because of where we grew up, but we really all end up, you know, finding the same things decent, uh, um, and finding the same things not decent, um, for the most part. And so then people start to wonder what these labels even mean anymore. Um, you know, the, the same way that people can't figure out if Nyla should be treated like sky crew or tree crew. And, you know, in that scene, when they're pushing everyone, that's beginning chaos mm-hmm. scene, we're kind of jumping ahead, but, um, where it was, it was a good scene. Yeah. Cause especially Octavia just being like, fine, you guys just lost a space. Like that was just, I was like, yeah, <laughs> good job, Octavia. Like that was like, just <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. And so Sorry, continue, they're sure. like, they're pushing Nyla into the room. And she's like, dude, I'm tree crew. And they're like, nah, you're you're now for all intents and purposes, sky crew. And kind of Emori is kind of sky crew. So it's it's becoming less meaningful to the, you know, these crews are becoming less meaningful. So people are more accepting of becoming one crew. I you know what's no no yeah, you know what's interesting about that? Um that I was just gonna say that this is something that I am yeah, I sense the theme. This is something that I wrote in my preview. <laughs> so I can say it. Um, that I think that's something that's going to be really interesting. And this is like, even we can say this totally based on what has been revealed in spoiler mm-hmm. in spoilers, in the yeah. promo is what I mean, in trailers and what the actors have said at cons is that there's going to, like, it's going to be really interesting to see in season five, the consequences of the, the, the quote unquote people or the families that these people have all chosen now, because it's, there's this evolution of, of you see like um, the people in space or like Maddie and Clark, Mm -hmm. like these, these groups of people that are family or that are each other's people by choice, not by birth. And some of these are the longest bonds that they've had with these people. Right. Yeah. But it's also, they're also bound together in, in new ways. Like obviously the hundred have been the hundred since the pilot. And we saw, I was just watching a gimme shelter as well. And Bellamy was constructing himself and that boy who died as like, they were the hundred together. So they were intrinsically tied together. But I do think, you know, when, when you're talking about, whether Nyla is tree crew or sky crew, whether Mori is, is like sky crew or not, that's the kind of, that's the kind of, 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 of choices, I guess that, that they've made. And that's the kind of identity questions that also season four even put into focus, you know, who are you, who is your Mm -hmm. people actually? And what is your reason for deciding yourself as one person versus another? Like, how do you construct yourself as part of one us versus like who is them and who well, is and us and that has suddenly been thrown all up into the well, that air was the decision of space crew in, in a really some interesting ways. way like raven thinking that she yeah. had no family that she had no people and then with mm-hmm. that ending shot you know from this from from episode 12 like her family showed up for her yeah right and that was like that choice that they all made and clark made that mm-hmm. choice like bellamy did too but mostly clark in in that episode that that they were like well are we going to go back to the bunker and be safe or are we going to choose raven and they chose raven and i i think that that is definitely like of all of the people i know that everyone is saying that sort of the clark and maddie relationship of season five is going to be you know this fierce motherly blonde all of that sort of stuff like for me i almost feel like while that is definitely like 
you know, fine. Okay, whatever. Um, that space crew that they like chose each other in in a way that like because of course Clark isn't gonna like be like no I'm not gonna take care of this six year old that I found in the woods like of course she's gonna like take it in you know what I mean <laughs> like that's like Clark's not a Clark's a monster but she's not a monster um, but like the space crew like they are adults passing in from like teenage young twenties to like mid to late twenties like that's a huge amount of growth like personally and so like. I am really curious about sort of the strength of their bond. Like, I feel like that one is probably so strong um, and how that's going to enter, you know, affect the season, you know, in terms of what's going to try and pull it. Dude, by the time I was 24, I thought Uh my 18 year old self was just like stupid. Well, I mean, your 18 year old (laughs) self probably was. You change a lot in that period. I mean, I feel that way about every, uh, every, you know, Pat my myself five years ago, uh, all the time, but I mean there that was a particularly huge shift mm-hmm. where I was like, man, that guy was just dumb. He he was just embarrassingly yeah, just you know it's stupid funny? and just out of control <laughs> and just needed to like be slapped a few times. I know you know what you find like you're old like something you wrote like oh. five years ago and you're like oh. no. Oh. <laughs> Like, I'm so glad that, like, I just, you know, my MySpace is gone. So that was probably, like, my time (laughs) of, like, 18 to, like, 21. Like, I'm not going to go back and look through Facebook or whatever. But, like, the kids today who, like, really did come up with, like, social media, like, in their elementary, middle school, high school. Yeah, it's going to haunt them forever. Oh, that's – and pictures? Like, fuck. That's just (laughs) mean. Um, Speaking of – Yeah, I would – No, no, go go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I remember before, um, like during the hiatus and stuff, just kind of speculating if they were going to do a thing like where someone like legitimately did not recognize someone that they knew like fairly well, Mm -hmm. like say like someone, let's say that, um, who can we choose? Like, let's say that Emori and Nyla reunite Uh and then they're going to be like, "Mm, I feel like you You might be familiar. I've met before, like, because they they might not actually have met those two characters. That was probably a bad a bad example, but like, you know what I mean? Like Murphy and Nyla, or someone like that, like someone who legitimately, yeah, did not have a lot to do with each other, or even someone like, I don't know, Abby and um, Echo, or someone like that. You yeah, know, it would like, be really, really funny, and familiar. Yeah, it would be really funny to have one of those like situations because legitimately six years ago, and they don't have pictures. They don't <laughs> check each other's Facebooks and have like, you know, like they have no recollection of each other except for in their heads. I was gonna say, have you ever had that experience where uh, you see someone you know, like a colleague who you always see at work? You see them, and you can't in- remember their name, so you run away. Yes, <laughs> right, well, no, exactly. I was say, like <laughs> specifically when you see them in a new context that, that you've never seen them before, like at the grocery store, or like at Whole Foods. Yeah, like, I, you know, I saw my professor at Whole Foods, and I was like, I know this guy, and then I was like, Oh shit, that's my professor. <laughs> this did you say anything? <laughs> well. No, I mean, <laughs> uh, I, 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 mean, I have also like, I, I feel like sometimes I have mild face recognition problems and I have to like get really close to someone to know who they are anyway. But this is a thing. And you didn't want to like creep out this dude. So I, I just like look down cause I don't want to meet anyone unless like they, they meet me first. 
But like, this is a phenomenon that, you know, everyone experiences to some degree. If you see someone in a, in a totally different context, you might not recognize them for a second. So like everything is wiped out. The earth is completely different. Yeah. And like Bellamy comes down and there is Nyla and he's like, who the fuck are you again? Do you guys, do you guys have anything else that you might want to say about uh, Octavia or should we move on to Luna? No, just, I just really want to emphasize that like, I do really love yeah. Octavia's journey in this. I, I think Octavia's journey this season was, was really muddled and I think it was really hard to comprehend, but I think in a way it kind of, it kind of illustrated how muddled her brain was, mm -hmm. you know, it was kind of like her, her journey. It was so messed up and she didn't go through that thing that we expect from TV where she had that near death experience and everything is put into perspective. And she has that moment with Bellamy and in, 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 we will rise. And then the next one, she's mad at him again. And everyone was like, it makes no sense. But I love that. I love the, how muddled that was. And I think, it's really nice to see her in this episode reach a place where she can, to some extent, make make peace with Lincoln's death because she gets to finally realize how she can carry on his legacy or how she can incorporate some of what he believed and carry that on. And I think it's I think it's really telling that it's the first time we see Octavia going back to like if you remember her in the early seasons, she was so concerned with what was mm -hmm. right she was so like she was very judgmental of clark and she was very sort of she always like when she i remember in that episode when monroe died yeah. r.i.p <laughs> and she was like riding around trying to like save that village and trying to save her friends from sky crew at the same time and getting herself into loads of trouble in the meantime and making everyone mad at her but like it's it's the first time since Lincoln's death that we've seen her fight for the underdog again and fight for the people that she feels like that she fight fights for what she believes is right. Um, which I think is really nice for her after all that pain. And it's not like her pain is over, it's just that she found a way finally to make some sense of it. And then I also just think it's super ironic and really, really interesting that she ended up doing what Clark had been trying yeah. to do all season and what the writers had said that Clark had been trying to do all season. They were like, she's transcending tribalism. Yeah. Clark is the only one who <laughs> yeah. can transcend tribal. And, and Rowan was all about it. And then in the end, it's Octavia instead. And, and, Clark and it's not just this. Clark. Like the whole time throughout the four seasons, there are some characters who have always been trying to do this. One of them is Clark. Lexa yeah, tried. Lexa tried. Kane is yeah. always trying Lincoln to do that. Lincoln tried. Yeah. Sweet, yes. sweet Kane. <laughs> Poor Kane. <laughs> there are like moral sweet, inspirations. Sweet, delicate Kane. <laughs> Sorry. There are people Sorry, like Lincoln ahead. who are like moral inspirations for this movement of like, yeah, we can transcend that. And then there are people who yeah. are like diplomats or leaders or whatever who are trying to do this. And then, you know, Octavia kill, kills a bunch of people and she's like, all right, well. And she like jumps in from left field you and does it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in charge now. And. It's a melting right. pot, damn it. Right. Well, I like that. And I like, but I do like the dichotomy between Clark and, and Octavia specifically. And I do, I do think, because I've always found that relationship or non-relationship between them really interesting. So yeah. I thought it was of, a Of all characters, like, I, I'm sad that we, like, and maybe that's, you know, again, you cannot spoil anything for us, but um, maybe this is something that we've been sort of, they've been setting up season five as like, Clark versus um, the Elegious crew, but like, 
you know, two snakes, blah, blah, blah. Like, what if it's finally, what if we're finally getting our Clark versus Octavia, like, fight? Like, literally, I I remember I was writing about this before, like, during the hiatus at some point. I was I was talking about, in, in the article about the hugs, <laughs> ironically, <laughs> I threw in, like, a little Clark and Octavia hug, and I was like, I, I would be so interested in seeing something like that. Like That's obviously other. not like a... Anything. Like they don't. Yeah, like no, each they other. they really. I don't think they do. Yeah, or do they? Like it's it's interesting because it, they must, right? Like, or is their entire relationship like if Bellamy was not in the equation, what kind of relationship would they have? Like that's something I've always wondered, and I've always wanted them to to dig I into. I think that. that they're kind of like in some ways. Now this is going to sound weird. Like that they because of Bellamy are actual family. And so they yeah. they have and and at this point you could remove Bellamy and that bond would still be there that they would always when it came down to it they would be like blood but they can still really not like each other. Mm. I mean, but then again, who knows where season five is going to go? May or may not. But like that they can. <laughs> well, who knows? I know there's so much potential. And for I, sure. I kind of feel like that's a very given how sort of integral, you know, you can argue romantic, non-romantic Bullark is that is a very important relationship on the show. And the fact that we don't that like Clark does not interact with his sister, who is the most important person to him, like is really sort of strange. <laughs> um where I'm just kind of like, yeah. you know. You... And who knows? I mean, because there are a lot of relationships on the show that mm-hmm. just don't get explored. Like Raven and and, and Clark is another what one f- that, yeah, that what the we fuck? all wish there would be more of than there is. I feel like Raven and Clark, the few times we had that, I mean, we had that in season one a lot and then season two also. I know, but what happened? I feel like that kind of worked. There was, there was material to work with. They had the whole Finn thing together and they had, you know, Mount Weather. They they kind of, um, you know, after Clark killed Finn, there was a whole thing. But then they had to work together and there was that hug where, you know, Raven was like, I hate your guts, but don't die, you know. Um, and so, there. but with Clark and Octavia, I feel like they're just kind of sassy and catty, but it doesn't get any, like, there's nothing... To work with, what is between them that can be, you know? So you don't think that there's anything to mine out of it? I don't know. What do you think? Like there was that scene in Polis in season three where, you know, she came and she was like, I can't believe you still trust Lexa. Octavia was like, to, I said to Clark, I can't believe you trust Lexa. And then. Yeah. Then she left. I mean, yeah. I feel like Octavia has always, like Octavia and Raven both. In different ways, since we were just talking about Raven. <laughs> Not but to talk, talk about, about Raven. Raven. <laughs> um, no, I feel like I've always note- noted how certain non-leader characters are very quick to jump in and judge the leader's decisions until they are, m- might be in a position where mm-hmm. they have to do it similarly. And that's also true for Clark, you know, herself, in terms of judging yeah. Abby and judging Jaha I mean, we and do, stuff like we that. We do that to and our leaders, And I think leaders, Octavia's too. had some... We do, we yeah, yes. and the characters on the show actually. So yeah, um, but but I think that that like that scene you mentioned in Polis is one of the really really interesting ones, and then also the one where Clark was willing to let Octavia die. Right, I was just thinking two, about that. Also with Lexa, that there is a history 
Because Octavia got pissed. That was the first time when she got really mad at Clark. Uh, when she she was like, I've been sitting here and going over it in my head. And no matter how I think about it, I don't get how you and Lexa magically survived Ton DC. Mm-hmm. Um, which, by the way, doesn't get brought up enough. I feel like like that was, that's a horrible thing yeah, that Clark well, did. And, hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of shit that's Here's happened the since thing. then. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like... How much? There's only so much time to deal with Clark's bullshit, and <laughs> they know that they still have to eat and sleep throughout the day. So, you know. Yeah, and then yeah. so that was one, and then the <laughs> the Mount Weather thing when she felt like just when she got um sort of admitted into Tree Crew, remember in the tunnel in the Re- Reaper tunnels, Indra for the first time said, um, "You're." said to Octavia that she is one of them. And then immediately Lexa betrayed them. Um, so she just never, she never um, believed the whole, she never bought the whole Clexa thing. Um, but yeah. <laughs> no, she really didn't actually. That's a good point. But yeah, I, I do just think it all kind of led to and like, who knows what what's going to happen after that fact? But it, I, I think it did all kind of lead to Octavia swooping in and doing what Clark was had been trying to do all season in this episode. And what is so interesting, and we already see that in the Chosen, and what has been so interesting in this in this hiatus speculating about season five is okay. But how's right? Octavia right, actually going to do? Like- <laughs> Now that it's her turn, well, we what, saw what now? In, you, you know, know, jumping ahead, um, you know, we saw her after she basically told them in the chosen, like, you, you know, decide or uh, you know, we'll choose fucking for you. Um, and then she like left the room, you know, and had like a little bit of a panic attack, you know. And yeah. I think in the six years we're gonna see. I mean, I can't imagine her still having those panic attacks. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like in that six years, she's become the leader that she is going to be. And who the fuck is that going to be? Yeah, I mean, she could have said, choose or we'll choose for you. But she said, choose or you'll die. And then she came out and she was like, what the fuck did I just say? (laughs) But Indra was like, like, that's cool. Like, you be strong. And, you know, like what's what's Indra's mentorship going to look like? Said it now. You can't take it back. <laughs> Welp. Yep. So say the, you know, unless anyone has anything left to add for Octavia, um, just because we've, you know, spent a lot of time on her. Um, and I would yeah. like to get, you have a nice little note in here, Shaheen, about the Octavia Luna standoff. So yeah. maybe we can talk about that and then lead into Luna. Um, oh, yeah. since, segue you know, into Luna. Segue. Yeah. What if she like um, rode around on a segue during the conclave? Like chariots. <laughs> right? I would love that. It would lose... <laughs> Some of it's gravitas, but kind of worth it, I feel like. Anyway. Wait, is Segway, what is, is Segway as some sort of instrument? It's one of those, you look like an idiot when you're on it. It's kind of um, like a platform with wheels that you like, with like a, like a podium. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Unless um, I was, yeah, anyway. Yeah, those are like in, in like near docks and like in touristy places people yeah. have those too because like, tourists yeah. don't like to walk in america <laughs> yeah. yeah anyway so the, the octavia luna standoff mm-hmm. um is kind of is kind of like that tale about the two ancient philosophers who met in the marketplace and one of them believed in the gods plural and the other one didn't 
and um and they started arguing and the the myth the story is that they went home changing switching their beliefs so the believer went home not believing and the non-believer went home believing gods um so that's kind of with octavia and luna switching from you know octavia um, luna going from the pacifist to the person who's mm. fighting for everyone to die and octavia going from the you know just indiscriminate murderer to fighting for surviving everyone together so that was kind of interesting but, yeah, but related to that like i feel like we need to talk about luna's sort of turn yeah. as it were um because I, I think i think a lot of viewers had issues with it as well as um you know it just it just seemed yeah. like it just a lot of people had issues with it I mean, in our episode 27, when we talked about this episode um, individually, we had a long conversation, you and I and Cece, about this, um, which I'm sure will resurrect a little <laughs> bit today. Because um, Cece made a, um, an interesting case, um, an excellent account, as the lawyer does, of, um, <laughs> of like sort of personal or psychological explanations for luna's turn given her you know backstory and everything but in terms of you know her 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 morality her moral uh, landscape i don't know how you I, i'm supposed to understand it because if she was a pacifist before it seemed like you know that was her pr principle was you know put down your sword stop fighting come to our little rig you know, and be safe. We're far away. We don't fight. We've, we're tired of fighting. She said to Octavia, we, we only take people who are tired of fighting. Um, so she had a whole thing going about, you know, not killing. Um, and then she snapped. Is that because, you know, I can see the psychological, but like, are we supposed to understand that her, that her pacifism was also psychological then? Or, you know, is there something else going on? You know what I think it is. I've been thinking a lot about Luna and what kind of went wrong for me about that character. And I think that, to be completely honest, this doesn't happen a lot, but I think Luna might be the only time that I have been influenced by fandom narrative. And this is why I don't do <laughs> fanfiction, because I get confused. <laughs> Not because fan fiction is not like extremely well done, right? No, but they're you're rereading the same characters over and over and over, and it 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 it's yeah. it's layers on layers and layers, and, and like, wait, did this happen? Did this not happen? You f right? You focus on certain aspects of their character and highlight them in a way that I don't think. I mean, the writers are writing a very specific version of this character, and it's. I feel like for the most part, I'm very in tune with what they're doing. But I think with Luna, I began to see her, you know, oh, Luna and Raven, how beautiful. Or like, oh, Luna, look at like the pretty like hair. You got distracted by stuff. her shallowness. You know, like it's, I, I feel like Luna, <laughs> I got to see, yeah, <laughs> the shininess. Yeah. Um, I, I No, I, I think that what happened was that Luna came to represent something in fandom that was never maybe intended. And I'm not saying this is like a, a, a problem. I'm just saying that I think some aspects of, of Luna, because if if I had watched the, se the, se the series kind of like in isolation, 
And when I was recently rewatching it, I was like, wow, well, this, this tracks for me completely when I'm just watching Luna's art because I never really trusted Luna. So you're saying that you're not part of the, the group that feels like the way that it was handled was mishandled. No, yeah, sorry. This is like a very long-winded way of getting to that. Is that I I think that my instinct when watching the show was to never trust Luna because like on the rig when they first meet her in season in season three, you have this idea of Luna as this like goddess of the water, you know, like amazing woman who can like is You were was, not bamboozled by Luna's charms, her mermaid hair. You're like, this is a shifty no, bitch. I was not the whole time. No. <laughs> yeah, because she did. She turned him down. She turned Clark down. She said, This is not my war. I need to stay on this rig. Like her peace was so conditional of her shutting everything out. Like she was very clear. She was very controlled. She was very close to snapping at all time. And I think the only time and she was able to, like you said, Shaheen, like her, like her peace loving pacifist self. It was not natural. It was it was something she put on. Mm-hmm. to hide from herself. So you're interpreting it as a defense mechanism. It was a psychological thing and she broke. Yeah. Like she was she was it was totally something that she had to work for and I think when it was I think maybe the only chance that she had of not falling into the darkness again was she had constructed this people on the water that she felt like were good. Then they were they all died and she was not really willing to give Skycrew another chance, but then enough little things convinced her, okay, mm-hmm. I might have found, because she'd already written off the grounders. They were already evil to her. But she was like, okay, the, the Skycrew, I might actually have found some good here. I'm willing to give them a chance. And Raven's beautiful speech about, it is not your something, it is your heart. And it was all very flowery and, and <laughs> ship I'm still sad worthy. about it. And, and then like, <laughs> yeah, but but the thing is that that was never real. Like that was it was a last ditch effort, and everything she then experienced with the sky sky crew, like it just it just reaffirmed what what she already knew and what she already was and what we'd seen all the way from season three when she turned Clark down and sent them back to this war that they were probably going to lose, you know, because she didn't want any part of that. So I think what I'm, what I'm trying to say basically is that I think when rewatching it, her arc makes sense and her arriving to this well humanity has to die like it's the only way to purge the darkness that i've always felt and that i falsely believed i could eradicate but clearly i was mistaken like that tracks with her entire arc but i do think there was a little bit of like um viewing luna with rose colored glasses or maybe wanting to believe for my part as well that luna represented something good when in fact she never did that's interesting. I mean, I, I agree that it makes sense if you read her the whole time as being just under the influence of this sort of shield that he's, she's created for herself. The the we we fell for her zenness when she's not actually zen. Like she is a child who refused, like who yeah. killed her brother, had a tra- had like a, a traumatic break, ran away, like started a cult that, as Shaheen said, was her coping mechanism. And then, like, tried to trust people again, yeah. got bone marrowed, and was just finally like, you know what, <laughs> fuck this shit. Which I think, I think we w- we also tried to associate a little bit of Lexa with her because we, like, at that time, were like, oh well, she's like Lexa, yeah. like, but oh man, she's a well, badass she was fighter. associated with Lexa, and she was also associated with Lincoln. Mm-hmm. I mean, so we wanted we to knew that th- that she was super zen and had exactly, her shit together. Exactly, yeah. 
I mean, like, we wouldn't expect Lincoln to to ever do that, right? Go to the conclave and want to kill everyone. So, but I think I do think there was an issue, though. Like, I don't want to like excuse it completely because I think there was a reason that so many people were caught off guard by it, and I think it's simply because they would. Like my, this might be one example of them trying to layer too much into a character mm -hmm. where there was never going to be enough screen time devoted to explaining it all. Because it's one thing to have a character like Bellamy in season three. Like I know people talk about that all the time, but like him, you can go back and, and, and make sense of all his decisions. I feel like fairly easily, even though you might say, yeah, but I still wish there'd been more scenes. Mm -hmm. But for someone like Luna, who is not a main character, who has so much less um, we have so much less stake in her and all the personal stakes that we do put into her part of like a lot of that is headcanony. Like it's not actually there. It's just something we wish was there. Um, and like imagine backstory for her and stuff. So I feel like to put such an arc on her and to have her come in like so kind of like as a, like having it both be a surprise and wanting it to make sense, I feel like was maybe asking too much considering what they, what they gave us. And I think part of that also had to do with, like, they just would kind of try to have her speak it to, like, because they didn't have time. So they were like, cool, so you're just going to have a monologue and we're just going to explain everything. And it was, like, a little bit clunky. Yeah. Yeah. And the audience was still like, but wait, <laughs> the song, <laughs> like, I have the ocean. <laughs> and, like, I you know, and then, the like, you know, we have that sort of, like, you know, her explaining everything to, to Octavia at the end, um, you know, and it's it's – it's very like villain, villain-esque, I guess. Um, I don't know. Like, I think, I think, yeah, like they tried to do too much yeah. and maybe also tried to like knew that they were trying to do too much and kind of tried to use this like little bit of a kludge. Um, but it, it, it maybe came off a little bit awkward. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. It makes sense, but you have to, work for it to make sense and i am always willing to do that work because that's like why i like the show is because i like you know thinking these things through but i do not i don't think that it was like i understand why why it made people mad i think it was too much for her well like i said if you think about it at two different levels if you think about it on the psychological level and then on the philosophical level let's say or ideological level um then, you know, there's like, un I can see that there might be an explanation that we just didn't have time to really get through. But there's, there is one that's, that explains how she went from one to the other, how she went from A to B in such a short amount of time. But then on the ideological level, whatever that explanation is going to be, it must be something that can derive um, you know, mass murder from some pacifist principles. Um, and so the, the only explanation there is that there was no pacifist principle. And like you said, the pacifism was also psychological the whole time. That I can see. If that was true, yeah, then I can right. sort of forgive yeah. it because then I think, okay, well, there is a psychological explanation. I know the rough outlines of it. Uh, I don't need all the details. Um, she, she snapped. Right. This was the whole time. It was a coping mechanism. And now she snapped. Uh, but that entails that the pacifism was was not uh, genuine, and I think that's what what maybe we 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 didn't really get. Like we could see it and we could maybe hear it, but we it went against against what we had been directly told about her and about her character of and how she'd been seduced. Yeah, I mean, I can see if you go back and look at season three, you can read her both ways. 
Right, but I, they weren't pushing us to read it both ways. Like, you can yeah. go back, but, like, they didn't, like... Yeah. I was going to say, it was almost, I think, the issue was that they... Maybe the way I read it is that they hadn't quite decided if mm. they wanted her turn to be a surprise or if yeah. they wanted it to make sense. You know, you can't have it both ways. Either it's like a shock and she came in and she was like, I fight for no one. And the audience goes, what? Or it's like, I fight for no one. Oh, yeah, that makes total sense because of what happened in the last episode. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. You know, no, totally. Yeah. Um, that said, I am I am bummed about Luna. Like, I liked her as a character and especially like per our discussion now, like, her, you know, having this sort of like whole psychological break, like it would have been super interesting if Octavia had shown mercy, if there was a way that Octavia could have shown mercy and like what it would have meant to basically almost have a Jasper character sort of in the bunker. Yeah, I I think, I think so too. I do, I do think what they were trying to do again with like sort Mm -hmm. of bookending all of that and, and having Octavia sort of like uh, symbolically purge, yeah, the darkness, and say actually, yeah, there is a, a way out of the darkness, and I'm I'm killing the darkness in in me mm-hmm. by killing you, but you know. But I do agree with you. I think Luna, if she had been a main character on the show, I think she could have had a, a really really interesting journey because she was a very interesting character. Yeah, and and you know of uh, of other interesting characters, um, you know. It, we can we can certainly talk about Rowan, uh, but definitely on <laughs> always. <laughs> always, always we can talk about Rowan. But I really want to actually just touch on uh, Ilian super quickly. The first time, like I watched this, like the first time I watched season four, um, like I got who he was supposed to be or whatever, and like I like on some ways it felt very CW um, to have this sort of like oh look mysterious cute boy shows up. Octavia is lonely, but it's sassy at him, you know, at first, like wonder where this is going to go. But sort of on rewatch, um, I kind of really appreciated his character a little bit more because they definitely did write him to be sort of this perfect foil for her, but in a way that um, wasn't like immature. I don't know how to describe it. Like, uh, I believe that you have a note um, in your part, uh, Selena, about, um, about, uh, her mercy killing him and that like Clark is the only other character um, to, to, yeah. to sort of do another that. Parallel. Or, yeah. You know, another little parallel that we got, you know, he, they kind of used him for some interesting things like cave sex, notwithstanding, um, but to sort of like give sort of some humanity to Octavia, like sort of call her on her like dark side tantrum, basically. Um Yeah. I loved Ilian. I I didn't love that he just existed for Octavia. Mm-hmm. Like he's yeah. one of the few characters, not not fewer, but he's one of the characters that exist in the story directly to do something or mm-hmm. represent something for another character. But I I do like how they used him and what he was and who he was and 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 what he represented for the story as a whole as well. And like you said, how he came to show Octavia that death didn't always have to be violent and bloody and lead to something bad. Yeah. I mean, you know, and there's not a ton that we can, you know, super say about him, but like I, you know, a a detail that I noticed, I was like, actually, you know, for what he was, which normally would annoy me, um, they did a good job. Yeah, Yeah. I think I agree. I loved, I loved what he was and and what he amounted to in, in terms of the story they were telling. It was a little cheesy, but okay, I'm into it. I'm into it. Um, <laughs> what if it came down to Alien and Octavia? Yeah, that would. What been do you think would have happened? 
He would have like just let her win. He was just like, my story is over. This is your story. I'm not a main character. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, just be like, oh, I know. I know the color of my shirt. The, th- the <laughs> thing about Ilian too is that he never, like, we never got any sense that he had a loyalty to Tristiana Crew at all, except for his family that were already dead. Well, you know, guess- even when that girl came for him, I he mean, was he basically to like, fight, yeah, he did. He did, which was interesting because we, I mean, that, but that was literally the only, yeah, the only thing. Like, he didn't, he wasn't there. Like, he didn't have friends there. He didn't have, he wasn't like, I, it's important for me that Trishani crew continues because if not, who will mind the butterflies or whatever? Like, he literally just came <laughs> to fight. <laughs> you know? That scene with the, the creepy ambassador guy who was like mad at them and, and Kane went to, you know, talk him out of it. Um, they were that's when they were still mad at them for for the city of light and and um Ilian was sitting oh, there right, on right, that right. table okay, yeah. and uh yeah they said something about we do this for Trishana crew and stuff like that um, yeah. so there was a little bit of but yeah i agree like we didn't know he was he would be willing to die for them yeah and you know like to you know be sort of his sort of comeback to violence of just like yeah, I didn't really want to, you know, I got enough killing, you know, when I made my whole family slit their throats, you know, whatever, cool. Um, but yeah, him to just be like, yeah, no, now I'm going to fight to the death, see if I can save some people. It was just sort of a strange little thing. Like, I, I definitely think that he was just kind of, oh, placed into the conclave. Like, it, it kind of didn't really, we didn't know enough about his character as to like why he would be in the conclave. But yeah, I mean, I think it was a little bit for Octavia. To be right, honest, yeah, I think that's what I think. Like, I, I'm not sure that he was there for Trishana crew, even though that's what he said. You think he, you know, for love, he, you know, for you, it's kind of like know. signing up for that Russian roulette to, to impress the girl. Yeah, I mean, it, again with the the like, Hunger dude. Games comparison that everyone's <laughs> making, like he he was a little bit of a pita. Okay, in that in that you know, yeah, no, I can I can I can see that. Yeah, yeah. um, in terms of other other sort of slightly longer alliances that Octavia had, uh, Rowan, um, you know, we'll still pour one out for him. Um, of course, but he, he actually, I wanted to actually call attention. I noticed this this time. Sorry. I'm looking through the notes. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed this in, uh, the parallels to his mother's death. Um, both Hmm. killed by nightbloods. Um, when Lexa kills Nia, um, she said, you know, the queen is dead um, or long live the king. Um, and then when Luna kills Roan, she just says the king is dead. Um, I just and they mm. both did like the little like backbend a- away from his blade when they were fighting. Um, you know, if we're just going to call out like little parallels or whatever. Uh, <laughs> callbacks. That, that's that's cool. really all I had for Rowan. Uh, that's so funny. That's I didn't notice that at all. But I did think like i was sure that his dad like like many people i was sure mm-hmm. his death was a, was a fake out first of all because i thought i was like it's too easy that everyone but octavia dies but also because it paralleled when we first met him in uh one Heda part one or two whichever one it was when octavia no clark like fake drowned him in the oh, lake right and then he wasn't yeah. really drowned like it was just a trick so i was like ah ha ha parallel but no no sad <laughs> sad not parallel. <laughs> Yeah, um, no. 
Yeah, he could have been. I mean, he was. In, they made him much more fleshed out, though he had some weird moments. I would say uh, in season four. I loved Rowan. I, I mean, <laughs> again, talk about a character who is like he was there for Clark a lot of the mm-hmm. time, you know, to be her springboard. And in retrospect, we might have wished that she'd had some of those conversations with characters that were around to remember them. Yeah. Um, but I, I loved him for what he was, and I think it was important to show characters. It's, I always love when they give us characters that legitimately want to be better, you know, that legitimately want to be different. And we saw, you know, we have, we have, Le- we had Alexa, we have Kane, we have Clark and we had Rowan mm-hmm. as well. And how reasonable he was. I think. Right. Like you never 100. blamed him. You were like, no, I completely yeah. see your perspective. You like see you're why actually, he makes the decisions he does. You're really reserved. And he listens. Right. And he listened to other characters as well. And I think the hundred works best when they don't let their people be stupid. You know, when mm-hmm. they don't say, oh, look, a huge misunderstanding. But like they actually, <laughs> they actually have them make um, decisions that are like, that take other people's um, perspectives into consideration. And I think Rowan was one of the characters that did that. So rest in peace. Yeah. He was. Yeah. He was kind of one of those characters that are like, yeah, you know, I get it. I'm with you. This is all kind of bullshit. Um, I kind of have to like play it mm. a little bit, but you know, I, I I know it's crap, and you know, we can do better. And like, I'm trying, but there's also all this other shit I have to deal with. So, you know, there's the, there's that type of character, and then there are people who who are like just really into it. They they really think this whole clan thing matters and whatever, you know, Ron always seemed like, even though he was kind of on and off for Asgeta, he kind of always knew that, you know, yeah, I really don't care too much, but you know, this is kind of the role I've been given. And you he know, had a good heart, you know, that kind of thing. like Rowan, Rowan had a good yeah. heart. Um, is there anything you guys want to, any lasting parting words that you want to say about this episode um, before we can either move on or take a quick break? I loved the, I, I mean, I think it was a really good episode. I feel like I've been kind of like mean to it, but <laughs> I did like <laughs> no, it. I think, I, I feel and like. And I thought it was beautiful. You know, yes. the Polis set, I just, I really want to emphasize the set design What on this episode. It was like a last hurrah for Polis. So a question that I have, however, was this, so like, it, was this conclave? Like, did they, did, did all the little worker bees in Polis like put this thing together? Or is there always just a random junkyard maze to like, for people to sort <laughs> their differences? Like, I, I have uh, some questions in terms of logistics, <laughs> I guess. I like to think yes. I mean, I, th- I think it made sense. I think when you look at it, like, I mean, obviously, it was it was definitely optimized for for fighting for the camera, but I think you know that there's always considering- a maze. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was yeah. the whole city. That's just that's the how city. they built it up and all that yeah. trash and all that like they've constructed uh, different and and remember as well, they just had like a big civil war there that we didn't get to see. <laughs> you know, Tree Crew and 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 Sky. What is it? Tree Crew and Asgard had been right. fighting in the city, so it was already. Uh, you know, barred off and divided into sections. Right, I stuff. forgot about that. Okay, okay, I stand. Thank you. Thank okay, you, fixed. Salt. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Just random thing that that tree crew champion that uh, Roan killed. He's the guy who wrestled with Octavia in season yes, two, right? They brought him back. Yeah, that was yeah. a good touch. And he made a. He did a little snarky thing too. He was like. 
well, I guess this is it or something. He he said something to Octavia. Yeah, you've come a long he way. Like, Too bad I have to kill you. Like, oh, yeah. sir, you're not oh. in the credits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I know that we we definitely have to move on, but we haven't said a word about Bellamy. Oh my god! Or like right? Bellamy and Echo and all that stuff. I, know, I don't know. I like, know. I, taunting taunting Bubs with some Bacco. I. <laughs> It's significant glances, like never again. Never mind romantic. Like it's a good relationship that we've had since season two. Um, well, sorry, what, what did you yeah. want to say about Bellamy and Echo? Well, I mean, specifically about Bellamy, I was just thinking like it's a huge episode for him and Octavia, and, and that should, probably yeah. at least should be mentioned. <laughs> you probably should. <laughs> um, but but I think just in terms of Bellamy and Echo, I think I I think I think their dynamic is really fascinating, honestly, and I think that it has been all along and I think it this is a really even more so than her almost killing Octavia in um whatever that episode was Ally Garden mm-hmm. maybe uh, maybe um when they were fighting on the cliff you know honorably mm-hmm. this is this was her taking Octavia out basically you know she was there was there was nothing honorable about mm-hmm. this and then Bellamy, you know, he was he was going to kill her. That was the moment when he was going to kill Echo for real if they hadn't been interrupted, right? So I, I just think it's such a really interesting moment for them, like the lowest low in a way. Right. And then seeing how 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 much like how what they were willing to do to each other basically, but at the same time, how much understanding uh, they still have for each other. Bellamy was the only one who he was like, Oh, it's echo. Right. I'm going to go like deal with this because I, I get what she's doing. I get where, she, like what she's trying to do and why she's trying to do it. And, and echo obviously has even, even despite everything I, she, you know, Bellamy is one of the people that I think she respects the most and, and looks up to and, and maybe even idolizes a little bit um, in these episodes. So do you yeah. feel like, do you feel like Bellamy sees himself in Echo? Yes, absolutely. A I bit? think a lot. I think like we in We Will Rise, especially. I think there was so much of Bellamy sort of his, his grappling with his own um, his own guilt in this season, and his own sort of what does it take for me to be good? How can I be good? Mm-hmm. What am I doing? How do I prove myself as a as a valuable human being? I think through a lot of the season, he saw himself, like his ability to prove that Echo was good, maybe could prove to himself that anyone could turn the page, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know how that relates to this episode in particular, but I feel like in particular that episode with with (laughs) saving Riley. God damn (laughs) it. Saving Private Riley. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, that really showed, I think. Bellamy and Echo go way back, by the way. They go back to when... Yeah, uh, the first time she Bellamy, betrayed him. Well, it wasn't really her fault, but... Well, they go back to when Bellamy killed um, Lovejoy, or yeah, what was Lovejoy. his name? Yeah, Lovejoy, yeah. Um, yeah, Lovejoy, because <laughs> um, Echo was crucial in that. Uh, I feel like Bellamy kind of sees Echo and, and, and feels like, yeah, if I was in her situation, I would have kind of been her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of like yeah. trying to save my people a little caring a little too much and just like being a little of an asshole yeah um breaking some of the rules and stuff i think that like in in this particular episode and in this season i think that we might say that like bellamy sees the 
worst version of himself in Echo, and Echo sees the best version of herself in Bellamy. I think, yeah, and I think that that uh-huh. one thing like that I really like about that we that we got to see after Echo, um, quote unquote, killed Octavia was her reaction shot to Bellamy finding out, right? And that yeah, was yeah. The f- them choosing to show that, um, and the way that that it was shown, like that you got some depth that, you know, I think, I think there's a lot, you know, there's, there's some contingency of the fandom that doesn't feel like we've gotten enough echo. And like, I feel like those subtle moments, like I feel satisfied and wanting more of echo. I do. Although then in this episode, yeah. she was like, fuck it. Like as get a forever. Yeah, I mean, but, I think that, <laughs> but then that was taken away <laughs> from if, her. So if that was we're going to say that echo and Bellamy are very similar. Um, I, I would say that echo keeps sort of, losing or or not she hasn't found the right fit like she hasn't found her her clark if that makes sense um to sort Mm -hmm. of you know shape her like impulses i don't know how to describe this in a way and i'm not i'm not trying to like do a disservice to bellamy and his agency and all that sort of stuff but if you you know if bellamy and clark are you know the the head and the heart or the heart and the head is the case maybe um then, you know, Echo is this loyal spy. Like, she is loyal. That is what she does. And so, um, you know, she had uh, yeah. she had Naya. She had Rowan. And even – and both of those relationships, we don't really know much much about her and Naya. But, like, we definitely got to see a lot more of her interactions with Rowan and how sort of she looked to him and, f- like – felt bad, like tried to shape him, but also felt badly when he like didn't approve of whatever she did, you know, and obviously like him banishing her was like a huge fucking blow. And so, you know, the last couple of episodes are seeing Echo sort of on her own, which I I don't know if she's ever been like, she's been a spy living on her own, but I think that she's always had purpose um, of her, of her people, of whoever was telling her what to do and where to go. Um, And so I'm, I'm curious and, you know, how that sort of relates to what she sees and what she wants out of her relationship with Bellamy. Cool. The mm-hmm. end. Great. All right. Awesome. Yeah. And and then Bellamy and Octavia <laughs> love end. each other. Yeah. Yay. No, no, no. I mean, yes, that was actually. <laughs> it's so Bellamy, important. It's so, yeah. It's Bellamy, huge. you know, being the one to tell her about, you know, fighting technique. I did like how Kane was like, oh, no, no, wait, that's actually a really good plan. Yeah, just be Octavia. Just strip all, strip everything else away, and just be Octavia again. That's basically what he told her, and I think that's what she took to heart. And then the most important piece of the puzzle of of becoming whatever Octavia, whoever Octavia actually is, she never knew herself, and now she's becoming who she actually was. Like the biggest piece of that was finding out that after everything she's done, after becoming mm-hmm. Skyripper, after doing everything she can to eradicate her own humanity and make everyone hate her and and destroy herself because she felt like she was nothing without Lincoln, et cetera, et cetera. Like it was Bellamy, after all that, still believing in in her innate, like not even goodness, but just her like worth as a human being. Like her, that, that she herself, that Octavia mm-hmm. was enough for Bellamy even after everything she'd done, I think did so much to give her, to restore her own sort of belief that she could be something and that she could do something beyond well, herself. So I think it was when, so When great. she overheard him and Rowan and, you know, and well, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, hearing that moment as well, like, I, it, okay. Yeah, oh, that's I thought I meant, you meant <laughs> like at the beginning before her fight. And I was like, no, totally. Like him saying that like, you are enough, like, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. It was definitely, 
Yeah, but also overhearing mm-hmm. her him say that to someone else, like that he really yeah. believed it. Oh, totally. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about that, that, you know, him telling a third party, like that makes it extra true. Yeah, because like Clark was like, yeah, you got this. But she totally did not believe that. She yeah, this, no, so. <laughs> no. And Octavia knew that Clark was full of shit, too. Like, I feel like their bullshit detectors around each other, though, are fantastic. Like, Seward, <laughs> so, do, do you have anything that you want to add about uh, Bellamy? Um, Shaheen? Uh, no, I'm good. Okay, okay. Um, any more Blake sibling stuff? Selena? No, I, I think okay. that I think that was it. We, we can definitely um, come back to it a bit more because, you know, the next episode, Bellamy is trying to get out to see Octavia, um, which will be... <laughs> right, yeah. No, yeah. I do have one question for you guys. And this is something just because it's on fandom's mind so much. And I think it's the, it's complicated, obviously. But there was a lot of people who wanted, who feel like they need some kind of absolution for what has happened between... Bellamy and Octavia in the past, like Octavia blaming him for Lincoln and like hitting him and all that stuff. And so Bellamy coming in in this episode and essentially saving Oct- Octavia rather than it being the other way around, I know like to a lot of fans felt kind of um, not satisfying. I don't know how you guys felt about that if um, you've talked about that already. I guess I hadn't really even thought about it because no, I guess I didn't really feel it unsatisfying. Um, I kind of figure that it's not necessarily really needed. Like Bellamy is not fucked up about it. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Like he's, you know, he's kind of big brothering. Like he understands her sort of lashing out, like, and in many ways feels like he deserved that. And so I'm not really sure what sort of resolution that they would need apart from just being like, okay, like this is more important. Like we need to like, and there just wasn't fucking time. Like, yeah, I feel like yeah. they are both smart enough that, like, that's not where their headspaces need to be. Mm-hmm. If that made sense. What about you, Shaheen? Uh, I'm not sure what the problem was about. I, I'm not sure what the problem was. Uh, that Bellamy saved Octavia's life. Yeah, no, I've just, I've seen a lot of, um, sort of because because Octavia has been, like, pushing Bellamy away and she's been very sort of internalizing her own grief and blaming it on him a lot. And we've never really seen a point when she goes, you know, even, even though I wouldn't, I would not want like something as explicit and, and cheesy as this, but we've never seen her go, I don't actually blame you Bellamy or like, I'm sorry, you know, blah, 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 all of those things. And so I, I think I was just wondering if you guys, but clearly like if it's not an issue, then you what guys do you feel? Didn't feel, well, no, I think that I'm asking because I think it makes sense. Like from both of their perspectives, I can see why, you know, from a narrative standpoint, you might feel like it's a little bit of an uneven, like it's a very uneven relationship between them. But I think for who they are as characters, it would be a little bit disingenuous if it wasn't this uneven, you know, like if it wasn't always Bellamy, even now coming to Octavia's rescue, because that's what he does, because that's what he's always done. And it's a big part of his identity. And I think even going in before the time jump, I think if they had come to some some big uh, reversal now, then it would kind of have lessened the impact of like what can happen after those six years. Um, so yeah, I was just yeah. Curious. I mean, they never had a resolution. No, right? Is that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like there was never sort of yeah. a, a, a a neat little wrap up of the issues that they and have I had think, in the past. Yeah, I was okay they with moved that. On. I feel like yeah, they kind of did and they kind of didn't, and I feel like that's the way it, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like it's not the sort of thing that 
can just you can just like close the file on and move on but it's it just takes time and you know so they're kind of just dealing with it and there was never there was never a point where uh, you know it was um addressed and resolved but i felt i felt like that was natural I was okay with that. Cool. Yeah, like it's not like Bellamy would have just been like, you know, actually, like you punched me in the mouth a few times. <laughs> I'm not going to help you. And Octavia's like, I didn't want uh-huh. your help. You killed my boyfriend. So like, you know, they they had their yeah, resolution. They, were, they are Blake's, like they, them being messed up is a huge part of, of who they are to each other. Yeah. Like it almost would have been out of character. Because yeah. neither, like it, Octavia doesn't like call people out and process with them. Like that that would have been weird. It would, you know, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, all right, cool. Um, maybe we should take a quick little break um, before we come back and talk about the next two episodes. Is that all right with everyone? All right. Yep. Yeah. 